I found I had a problem yesterday. I woke up and I immediately said, well, thank God it's Monday. Wait a minute. It's Saturday. 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 And all day I had to remind myself it's Saturday. My greatest fear was that I was going to forget confessions and somebody was going to call at about 5.25 p.m. and say, Father, where are you? Oh, yeah, it's Saturday. Uh, this, this week, actually, uh, we might be doing that more liturgically. What day is it? Because all these days between Christmas and especially Mary, Mother of God, the octave, are celebrated with solemnity. We have the glory as we gather each day. Uh, we, we remember with great joy the, the gift that is ours in Christ Jesus. Yesterday, the church celebrated the feast of St. Stephen, the first martyr, Today, uh, if, we, if it didn't fall on a Sunday, we'd celebrate the Apostle John, the evangelist, uh, the last of the apostles to die, and he died a natural death. Tomorrow, as we gather, we celebrate the Holy Innocents, those children that were martyred for hatred of Jesus Christ by Herod, by Herod's forces. And, of course, Mary, Mother of God, on, on, on Friday this year. All these days of solemnity, and actually the 12 days of Christmas only began on Christmas Day, and they go through, uh, usually it's January 6th, we celebrate Epiphany on January 3rd this year. So days of celebration, because the church in her wisdom knows we need more than just one day to ponder the great mystery. In fact, we ought to be pondering our entire lives, because something great has been given to us, and the Pope and his... Uh, Christmas message uh, reminded us of, of that. The Lord is given for us, and what does that mean? It's a profound gift. And so we come to the crash this day, again, pondering, pondering, always pondering, pondering the Holy Family. The Church gives us this, and we'll hear this passage in uh, February, on February 2nd, the Feast of Presentation. Uh, the presentation of the Lord, which occurred 40 days after the birth. The first child, the first male child to be born, was always dedicated to the Lord, belonged to the Lord, and had to be, in a way, bought back. And that's what we hear about today, that they offer this sacrifice of two turtle doves or two young pigeons as a way of buying back that firstborn child. It was God's way of reminding them that every child is a gift that belongs to him and belongs to him alone. And parents have a great privilege of raising children, but they belong to God. And as that holy family entered, there was Simeon. I find myself contemplating Simeon quite a bit, to be honest. Uh, part was my pastor uh, at Our Lady of the Lakes, uh, Father Felix Fashing. Some may have had the privilege of knowing him. He was a great priest, a very uh, unique priest, he retired the day I began ministry, but he, the day I was ordained, felt like Simeon, and he shared that. And I had never seen such expectation that was fulfilled. And that's what Simeon is. Simeon was told by God, by the Holy Spirit, that he's going to see the Christ child. And can you imagine, for how many years did he wait? His eyes growing feeble, his strength growing weary, and just constantly watching. Is this the one, Lord? No. Is this the one, Lord? No. Is this the one, Lord? No. Which one is it? I'll tell you when I see it. And all of a sudden, he sees it. 
And the Holy Spirit says, this is the one. Can you imagine the joy in his heart that now everything that I've longed for is fulfilled? Now, and it's, it's translated in the, in, the, in, the, in the Greek, it's uh, left vague purposely. Lord, you may let your servant go in peace. He's talking about, I can die. I can die happy because everything that I've been hoping for is here. I can die knowing that my Savior lives. I can die knowing that eventually because of that Savior, I can go to heaven. I can die because God's word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people. A light for the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. Everything that he had been hoping for was fulfilled. How many years was he waiting? It's unknown. Luke doesn't give us any detail about that. But then there's Anna. Luke does give us a few details there. She was married seven years after her husband died. She started living in the temple until she was 84. We don't have her being given the same promise that Simeon was, but the temple area is small. Simeon and Anna would have run into each other at least a few times, I'm sure, in some 60-plus years had Anna lived there. If you do the math, that's what it ends up being. Can you imagine for 60 years saying, is this the child? And knowing that the Holy Spirit had told Simeon that he would, he would see it, but not her. I imagine she tried to keep close to Simeon, always with an eyesight. Is this one? And when she sees him, she goes around and tells everyone, he's here. Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine how long they waited and to have their promise, that promise fulfilled? So often, what we celebrate at Christmas seems kind of bland, doesn't it? Maybe if we go back and ask Anna or Simeon for their help, maybe we'll begin to capture some of that joy. Or maybe if, if, uh, if we're having trouble with that, we look at Abraham. Abraham, who was told by God, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, as countless as the sands on the seashore, as countless as the stars in the sky. It was a couple weeks ago, I was reading something on astronomy, and it was amazing how many stars there actually are. Trillions, trillions of stars. And Abraham, we don't hear about it, it's hinted at in today's second reading, but in the near sacrifice of Isaac, rationalizing, saying, God is going to give me back my son, that somehow God is going to raise this son up. And looking forward, always forward to the resurrection. He looked forward 1,800 years to the Messiah. If he can do that, we should be able to look back 1,900 years, shouldn't we? It's always easier to look back at what happened than to look forward to what could happen. God is God of promises, though. And so as we struggle maybe of capturing that Christmas joy, maybe to go to that crash, to see there the Holy Family, to see the Holy Family. And this year, and on December 8th, uh, Pope Francis named this, this year from the 8th to the 8th of 2021 as a year for St. Joseph. This morning, it's, he released that he's asked for a year for the family as well. 
to remember how holy the family ought to be. And while we are, all families are different, all families are unique in their own way, they all are an image of the holy family, or they ought to be. It's a challenge for us as we are, uh, he, he declared this would begin this year for the family on the next Feast of St. Joseph, which is the 19th of March. So we have some time to prepare, but he, he challenges us, the Pope does, to go to the Holy Family, to use them as the model. And the Holy Family reminds us that Christ longs to be present in that family. Yes, St. Joseph and, and the Blessed Mother, of course, had the privilege of knowing literally Christ was with them, that God walked among them. But God walks among us, too. He walks in our families, but only if we allow him to. He won't force himself on family. But families that desire him, that ask for him, that ask and put him in the very middle, uh, husbands and wives who put Christ in the middle of your relationship, it strengthens your relationship. It doesn't divide. For those who seek the Lord to know that Christ is there in the family, the family is the domestic church. What you do at home is strengthened by what you do here. If you don't put into practice at home what you learn here, what you uh, receiving Christ here and taking that home to your family, it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. But if we do, if we see in the Holy Family an example of the domestic church, God's model for us, and I know there's a bad pun here, but we have the model of a stable family right in front of us this day. If God, if we allow God and take God at his promises, knowing that he's going to be with us, knowing that if we put him front and center of our lives and our families and our homes, that he will bless us, we have nothing to fear. Simeon waited for how many years for the Christ child? And when he finally saw him, now I can die. Anna looking for 60 plus years for the Christ child and going around telling everyone, we've received the Messiah. Abraham looking forward 1,800 years. We can do this. We can know that God has fulfilled every promise he's made to us and will continue to fulfill all of them.